Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hello, ride. Welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast with Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk about another badass, Doc Holliday. Now, he's actually John Henry Holliday. Um, and uh, you might know him from uh, like Tombstone or the Battle at the OK Corral mm. or just Val Kilmer is the most badass uh, cowboy of all time. Any of those? Um, so, Doc Holliday. I don't know, Kevin. You want to uh, take us off, or you yeah, got some was, like early life history, or where are yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. He's um, Doc Holliday. Maybe killed four or five people. Maybe right in his early life, he became a dentist. His mom died of. Uh, so he was a dentist. He is an actual a, doctor. Yeah, like I, he made his. Yeah, his profession was gambling ultimately, but yes, he was a dentist and. Uh, his mom died of tuberculosis when he was 15, and then uh, he got diagnosed with tuberculosis about 10 years later. And, and nobody, or not, his adopted brother died of tuberculosis. Right, right. So everybody it, was. There's got to be something going on there, right? Mm-hmm. Now I have to point out if we're giving description to Doc Holliday, I was also told he's polite, a good dancer. And a southern gentleman. A gentleman. That's a gentleman. really what I think of um, Think of Doc Holliday when I think about... Yeah, he was a, a per, stone-cold motherfucker that would shoot anybody for any reason. But he was a gentleman when he did it. A he gentleman. was polite. He was polite about murdering you. What is it, uh, that movie Roadhouse, uh, when Patrick Swayze comes in and he's telling them how to be bouncers and how they're going to be good at it. Mm-hmm. He's like... Escort him out. Be polite. Ask him to leave. 
but be polite. And maybe if we all took that. Right. You know? Be polite. But be polite. But he was polite in a way, though, that was like... Condescending? Sarcastic? Yes. Yeah, you know, ten times worse. The way he would say it. I think there's a Bible verse somewhere that... uh, that that says something about burning the coals on their head, mm-hmm. and right. they're talking about your behavior and and not to you know right how to but how to kill might, them with kindness. Yeah, he might be the guy who uh, burns the coals on somebody's head. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. So he he was a dentist, and he um <clears throat> he had a hard time making money because his um he had tuberculosis, and people that didn't know how tuberculosis was transferred and they didn't want to catch tuberculosis by going to the dentist. Your doctor's coughing up blood while he's sticking his hands in your mouth. Yeah. You're kind of like, "Eh, you know, I'm not sure this is good. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a thing. Sometimes I can understand that. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically that's what drove him out West though. So he was in Georgia and, you know, he had a couple little back and forth stuff. He initially, when he got out of medical school, um, they wouldn't give him his like full on license or he couldn't graduate for like another five months because you had to be 21 right. to be a graduate. And so we ended up taking a partner. And so that way he could go start practicing early and, and get things going. But I mean, it was like four or five months. It wasn't, you know, a significant thing. Mm-hmm. And my understanding from the documentaries and the stuff I've read here is he possibly ran up some debt from gambling that put the practice at jeopardy, which had the two of them parting ways and opening their own separate practices. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure the other guy, uh, you know, put up a new sign. If you want the guy who doesn't cough blood on you come over (laughs) here, if not, the other guy's over there, you know? Mm-hmm. But, all right. So, I guess one of the things that's pretty cool that makes Doc Holliday like kind of infamous, stand out in history, and I think like why us, along with a million other people, um, classify him as a badass. I think the big reason that sets him apart and made him stand out is well, one, he's fearless. Um, and fearless is cause yeah, he's already dying. He's got nothing to lose. Right. You know, it's like, Oh, you're going to shoot me. I'm already dead. So mm-hmm. whatever, you know, you'll put me out of my pain. That That's a one. But I think even more so the character building uh thing. Cause I mean, you know, you can be a loser if you're not afraid of death too. You know, you could kind right. of go either way. But I think the other thing is his loyalty. And I think that's a, uh, uh, kind of like prepper skill that is so valuable. Um, looking out for your friends, taking care of each other and building that bond. One of the, uh, the books that I had read had said that, uh, you know, maybe because he had such a disruptive home life, you know, as a young boy that, you know, cause his dad was kind of weird and, and different things that when he saw the closeness of the Earp brothers, um, that, you know, he wanted that bond, that sense of family, and really got into it. And I think that's why he kind of embraced, you know, Wyatt Earp and, and the bunch of them and, you know, uh, Virgil and, and Morgan and and that. those They'll come into play in the uh, podcast here later. You'll figure out who these other guys are if you 
aren't really brushed up on American cowboy history, right? Right. Now, Wyatt Earp met Doc Holliday for the first time in uh, 1878. So, okay. So Doc Holliday was already about 25 when they first kind of ran into each other. And uh, Wyatt Earp was a, um, a deputy, deputy marshal and was tracking down some uh, some cowboys that had shot up a town. Okay. Now, cowboys was... That was the name of a gang. It wasn't, you know, you think of cowboys from the, the West. They weren't just like That's random hard. cowboys. Yeah, these are just, these are cowboys from the cowboy gang. They were basically cattle rustlers and drinkers and gamblers, and they all ran together. Right. So Wyatt Earp walked into a, walked into a saloon, and uh, Toby Driscoll and Ed Morrison were in there, and those were the two guys he was looking for. Uh, along with a couple of their other friends. And as he walked in, they all stood up and drew their guns on him and were getting ready to shoot him down. And Doc Holliday had been gambling in the back behind them. So he just pulled his pistol out and walked up behind uh, uh, behind Ed Morrison and put his gun to his head. And apparently that's how he diffused the situation. I don't know. No, uh, I don't know. That, I, I did hear I that that's how he diffused this. Yeah, I heard that's how he diffused it. And then another account that I read said that he killed several of the guys before he left. Yeah, and so his his uh, total amount of people that he had murdered is anywhere between one and yes. like 20-something. Right, we have one as like the confirmed One definitely kills. he killed him. One definitely he killed. He definitely, I think, stabbed a guy in the stomach. I think he definitely shot like four people. Well, he shot he but, shot Charles White. Right. right. We after, know that most of them. Episode, he shot him. Yeah. And, uh, killed him. Um, he was in a shootout with a, a soldier at uh, Private Robert Smith, and I think that one they didn't hit each other at all. No, that guy was dead. They oh, he killed don't that know guy. that okay. he actually killed him. But okay. Matt Masterson, who wrote some of his biography afterwards said that he had killed him. He uh, killed Mike Gordon, who is another bartender. This is all after initially meeting uh, Wyatt Earp. This is before the OK Corral. This is so hypothetically we'd be about nine people right now before he gets to the OK Corral. And I did read about several times where he got in fights where he would shoot at people, got arrested for shooting people, but did not hit people and they did not hit him. Right. And it seems like he, he might not have been a great shot. All sorts of people, and yes. they just let him go afterwards. Like, I yeah, don't know. They had the law in this period, <laughs> time period. Yeah, but it's just, like, well, he also had a gun. So, I mean, you know, whatever. Whatever. You're shooting him. You're in it for your life. He agreed to it. I, I think, like, all, all the things that I've read. And, and actually, when I went back and I was watching the movie Tombstone, um, uh, and I'm looking at this stuff. They don't necessarily portray him as a crack shot. No, that wasn't his jam, was it? Because I was like actually watching when he would shoot and the bullets would hit. Like in the end, in the OK Corral scene, there's a guy shooting out of a window and he's probably seven, eight feet away and he's shooting at the guy in the window and they show the glass breaking on either side, like all around him. Like right. eight shots, well, and then you, know, you see one of the other guys shoot. Were very, very accurate, and he actually had a shotgun because he was he was loaded in the he beginning of that. 
right. the beginning yeah. that he went down with a shotgun because in okay he corral he yes. hit anything because he's fucking drunk because he's yes. always drunk because that was his they, day. They said that it helped with his tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, well, no, they said it helped with him coughing up blood. There you go. And uh, he was about a two quarter a day guy, the guy. Mm-hmm. They said it like 135 pounds. So, yeah, right. You know, hey, that's, you know, to each his own, right? Um, one of the things before I get too far ahead, um, believe it or not, his uh, his brother, who is his half like adopted brother, he wasn't like really a brother at all. His dad actually brought him home from war. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, I don't know, somebody just like left standing around and he's like, oh, come home with me. I'll take care of you. He got along with his brother. Everything was good. Supposedly, I was told his brother is who taught him how to be the quick draw gunfighter. Okay. That, that's supposed to be one of the things. Now, my understanding, it's very possible that he taught him the quick draw. There's a lot of accounts that said he is really fast at getting the gun out. Mm-hmm. And he is like all about that. But then they kind of said, but if the guy's more than four feet away, kind of <laughs> hit or miss him if he was going to hit him or not. Uh, um, I, I know in the movie they show or, or some of the stories they talk about, he shot a guy in the hand and you're like, oh, maybe he was shooting the gun out of his hand. I think like he was aiming for the body. He did actually shoot a gun out of somebody's hand, but I'm right. sure it was but that doesn't mean that's what he was aiming for, or you know, from my understanding. But that doesn't matter, you know. He went out as a badass. He went out on top. Um, another thing that kind of set him apart was his gun. Um, one of the big things that I didn't realize is he had a. 1877 um, 38 revolver. And what's different about this gun, uh, they called it the Lightning, the Colt Model 1877 Lightning. And the reason it was called the Lightning is because you were really fast with it. The reason you're really fast with it, it's one of the first double action guns. Now, what double action means is you pull the trigger, the gun cocks back, and the hammer falls forward and shoots. Up until that time, most of the revolvers that people had were single action, which is why in the old cowboy movies, you see them run their hand over the top and pull the hammer back and shoot. So everybody else is doing that, and he's just pulling the trigger. Right. And that's one of the things that kind of added to his quick draw mystique. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know where he came across these guns. They talked about him being nickel-plated and whatever. Yeah, but... no, he, he got his shit all gaudied out. Yeah, yeah. Now, in the movie, I think they imply that he won it gambling, or, or did they not address it? I don't really remember. I but... don't know. And that, that movie is very romanticized, you know what yes. I mean? The only thing that I, I heard with the movie is that it uh, the OK Corral scene, they said word for word, and, and they tried to get all the shooting and the bullet hits. Right. To be accurate from, and it was from like four or five news stories. Right. So, I mean, they did have a lot going on there to draw from. Yeah. And, and it, it is, uh, as shoot close, out the OK Corral really only took about 30 seconds from the first yes. shot to the last shot. Yeah. And that, that is one of the times where Doc Holliday really shined. Um, basically, well, I guess kind of build us up. What happened with the Cowboys and how did we kind of get there? Well, 
they had been having an ongoing feud with, um, you know, the McClantons. That was the right. that was the other big family in Tombstone and the Earp family, and they had owned different bars and different places, and they had gotten into a couple of verbal arguments. And uh, on uh, October twenty sixth, eighteen eighty one, um, the McClantons came into town, and Tombstone, you could not carry your guns in town. So the sheriff went down to try and settle this down. They were there to kill the herbs. That was that was their thing. Their intent, yeah. Right. And so the sheriff went down and tried to defuse the situation. And he went back up to the other side of town and told the herbs that, you know, that he had disarmed them. Now, the herbs were also deputies. And they were going to go, they went down the, to figure out if they could disarm them also. Because they knew the sheriff was bullshitting. So... Doc Holliday uh, was hammered, obviously, and they gave him a shotgun. He put it in his overcoat so that nobody would see it because they weren't trying okay. to instigate a fight. They were right. just going down there unarmed, at least, you know, to give the impression that they are unarmed to make it an easy situation and get those guys to leave. All right. Now, nah. it didn't actually happen at the OK Corral. It happened in an empty lot across the street. All right. And when they got down there, they, you know, clearly the McClantons and the other cowboys that were with them were not intending on, intending on disarming themselves. So what do you got from there? All right. So basically, Doc Holliday, they end up, the three uh, Earp brothers, there actually was another uh, Earp brother, uh, James, who uh, didn't make it there. I believe he was home having a fine meal is what okay. I read at mm-hmm. the time. Um, so he missed out, but he was also a deputy uh, in, in the town there. But the three Earp brothers, Wyatt, uh, Virgil, and Morgan, were basically face-to-face with five to seven. I don't remember the number of the Cowboys right? Um, in this instance. Uh, five to seven guys. And, the, uh, and then they had Doc Holliday basically stood at the entrance to the alley and his goal or whatever was to not let anybody else get out. Right. You know, so there was no running away or escaping. So he stood on the end with the shotgun. Well, the Earp guys kind of went to it. Now, the Cowboys drew first. Maybe. Um, yeah, that's the story, right? I wasn't there. I mean, I've seen the movie, though. Right, yeah. So that gives me something. It's questionable. A lot of people said that uh, Wyatt Earp was the first one to pull his gun. Maybe he's just so fast that when the other one went to draw your eye, you saw his they were gun going get down there. there. They were going down there for a fight. And the Clantons were there to for the same thing. So they were going you know, down there to kill You sound them. a lot like the governor in Virginia mm. right now. That That's I'm not, what I'm feeling. Listen, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything about that. <laughs> All right. So we're moving on. Anyway, the uh, they're all lined up. They start shooting and they're, you know, bullets are flying. Everybody's missing. Who knows what's happening? People are dropping. They said in in the accounts, Doc Holliday moved more than anybody else and actually covered and with the shotgun was getting around and getting shots off and really handling things. The only confirmed 100% he killed the guy. And again, the movie portrays it different. Is at the very end... The last guy, and I don't remember his name, and it really doesn't matter. Tom McLowry. McLowry? Yeah. 
ends up pointing the gun at him and he says, and then that's when he has the famous line, which this is from the newspaper at the right. time. His, his, right. His Doc, Doc, uh, Holiday's shotgun was empty. Right. Shotgun was empty. He pulls out his pistol and he, well, actually when a shotgun's empty and he realizes it, he says, blaze away. You're a daisy if you do. Right. Because Tom McLowry had said, I got you now, Doc Holiday." And there you go. And then he grabs his pistol, goes to shoot and shoots him in the ear. Now I read shot him in the ear, killing him instantly. Right. Now, I was just watching the scene in the movie. He shoots him. It hits him in the ear. And then Wyatt Earp shoots him in the face in the movie. What it sounds like is that Wyatt Earp had shot him already in the chest. Okay. he, He was dying, but had the drop on Doc Holliday. Okay. Doc Holliday was faster, though, and shot him in the in the ear, but it went in the side of his head. It didn't shoot him directly, you know, across the ear like they're face to face. He shot yeah, him okay. in the ear and it went into his brain from there. Well, then that sounds like a pretty uh, great shot there. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the way the story plays out about three months later, uh, well, over the, the next three months, the two brothers are killed, uh, Virgil and Morgan. And right. they're both basically one shot in the back and one's uh one was shot I, in the I don't shoulder. Know. He didn't he didn't die, but he got fucked up and he left with his uh with his wife. Okay. Before he got shot to death because he knew All shit right. was going down and why was, was going up. down. Mm-hmm. So then Johnny Ringo, one of the uh cowboys, mm-hmm. catches Wyatt Earp in the street and he calls him out and he's like, Hey, I'm coming for you. And basically Wyatt Earp diffuses him and says, you know, hey, I'm not looking for this. Right. We don't need to die here today and come right. down like this. Doc Holliday got involved in that one too. And that's when Doc Holliday steps out and is like, I'll be your Huckleberry, which at the time the rumor is, is, you know, hey, I'm the guy uh, you're looking for. I'll stand in. Uh, I'll I'll play this, Dan. All right. I guess they say it means like I'll be your dance partner. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the idea. So basically Johnny Ringo, his friends are like, oh shit, we can't lose another one of our kind of leader guys. And like in the movie, they portrayed it like they could see that Doc Holliday was like hiding a gun behind his back or whatever. Right. And they grab him and pull him away. But the bottom line is either way, they drag him off and, and he lives to fight another day. Right. Now, well, Doc Holliday, it should be noted that Doc Holliday wore his his uh, gun on his left hip to draw okay. across his body. Now, only people that only people that are, are willing to shake your hand while they shoot you carry their guns that way. I'm just saying. You yeah, know, that's what you're that's saying? Saying. Yeah. That he had no problem. Now, he got into it after this event. He got okay. into it with a, another guy named uh, Frank Stilwell. And All she, right. shot him to death. That was over some just some gambling shit that he got into. And I don't, I'm not sure about this, but... You Dr. weren't there? He was a professional gambler. Yes. So you don't make money gambling unless you're really good at gambling or you unless cheap? you get cards. Right. And it could have been either one of those. It could have been either one. We weren't there. Mm-hmm. But the romance and the fantasy story 
freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Now I am told. Time, yeah, he was married. He had a wife. Yes, a wife who was also a prostitute. That would be Big Nose Kate. Yeah, Kate and I, I don't know anything about her anatomy, but I know her name was Big Nose Kate. All right, now here's what I I was told because I actually did see a picture of Big Nose Kate. How'd she look? Well, here's the thing: the picture was like from when she was like 14 or something. Okay. But at 14, or however girls look, I don't, they all girls look 14 to me when they're under 25, you know? I don't really know. Uh, I'm a grown up now, you know? But anyway, she did not have a big nose. No. So I was like, well, then let's get to the bottom of this big nose Kate scenario. Well, big nose Kate supposedly got her name from always butting in to other people's business. <laughs> Kate was very nosy, is what they would say. Now, there is a true story that is uh, documented in the papers that one day, uh, I I, I might have the actual details here in my notes, but uh, Doc Holliday uh, was in a bar. Let me figure it out. Uh, He was arrested. I didn't write down all the details, but basically he ended up getting arrested for uh, like illegal gambling or whatever, like he always does mm-hmm. and, or having a gun in the saloon. They they kind of had problems with that. They arrest him. They take him over to the jail and they're like, you're in big trouble, whatever. Kate goes and sets a building on fire. <laughs> Everybody in the town runs over. Oh shit. We got to put out this building or the whole street's going to go. And she then goes in with a gun and the one guy left standing in the jail. She's like, hey, let my boyfriend out. And while she was on her way over, she grabbed two horses that she stole from other people. (laughs) And the two of them hightail it out of there. So that was kind of the instance that they gave of, you know, one of the times she was butting in and several other times. He'd get in gunfights and uh, she'd kind of get the drop on him from behind, kind of like he did for Wyatt Earp. Uh-huh. And yeah, she was a, as far as somebody that, that is uh, drinking, drinking all the time and gambling all the time and getting yeah. into arguments and shootouts, she was really somebody that encouraged that behavior. She She was all about getting his cigarettes and getting his liquor and keeping him happy. So, and, you know, isn't that what you want in a woman, really? That's really what you need in a woman in life. And and what better than, you know, a survival uh, situation, being prepared, than to have a woman who's going to have your back all the time? Mm-hmm. That's a prepper life skill you guys just learned right here on the Survival and Basic Badass podcast. There you go. No, just dropping. We're dropping nuggets of wisdom like uh, mm-hmm. nothing. Now, later on that... Uh, that Johnny Ringo guy or whatever his name was mm-hmm. um, ends up, they find him dead. And in the movie, they show like a little shootout oh, with yes, Doc Holliday. Right. right. And, but and like he shot him. That's very suspicious. Yes. And Doc Holliday supposedly was in court at the time, but also his lawyer was in court without him being present at the same time. So he wasn't actually any place when this happened Mm, very interesting so now Ringo was found leaning against a tree with a bullet through his temple they Mm -hmm. say maybe he shot himself you don't know right 
But he also However, had a hat on. Over he was wearing ball. a hat while he shot himself through the head that stayed on and in place. Mm-hmm. And they said that his gun belt was on upside down. Mm-hmm. I'm right. not sure how that accidentally happens. Um, you know, some, you know, sometimes you get drunk, though. You get up, you go yeah. out. You know, I don't know. Crazy shit happens. Crazy shit happens. Um, or maybe a drunk guy put the belt on for right. you. Now, Pat Masterson said that, that Doc Holliday killed him. Okay. Now, he saw it, or do we know? No, or? No, he he just he knew this was the situation. Apparently, it was only Doc Holliday and Ringo, uh, Johnny Ringo there. And he was never convicted because of that. Because nobody saw anything happen. All right. Now... Then Doc Holliday and Kate do stay together till the end, mm-hmm. till his, uh, the end of his life. He uh, does a little more running around, but basically, uh, and running around, I just mean traveling to different places. He right. kind of, his whole story is from like city to city. He basically wore out his welcome and would move on. Right. But and he had pretty- been in, there were several gunfights he had been in after yeah. that, that really just kind of like him being drunk and shooting his gun off in a bar. Yeah, well, and that's it. Like, pretty much by the uh, OK Corral incident, he was very close to death with his health. Um, things were uh, really pretty rough. Uh, so he ends up dying uh, November 8th, 1887. Um, they had gone up to Colorado Springs. He had heard of, uh, like, kind of the healing power of the springs and and that it was going to help with his uh, consumption kind of stuff. But it was kind of like a last-ditch effort. Ditch effort. Um, they said that uh, he was actually in the room for like 53 days and kind of unresponsive and just delirious and whatever. Um, but then on the last day, again, this could be all myth, I don't know. But the rumor is he was surprisingly coherent and aware and sat up, and the last thing he said was, I'll be damned, this is funny, and then died. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not sure what you make of that. What I was told we're supposed to make of that is that he was surprised that he died like laying in a hospital bed, almost like a kind of old age kind of situation, <laughs> as opposed to dying in a gunfight or getting shot in the back, you right. know? Yeah, but they, yeah, that was uh, that was what they implied. They said that uh, he may have had his boots on, and he looked at his boots and thought, said that that's peculiar. That is peculiar. So mm-hmm. now I did actually come up with a uh, little tombstone trivia fact for you that you might find surprisingly interesting. Um, you may remember Adam West mm-hmm. played Batman sure. in a long-running TV series back in the day. Mm-hmm. Well, Adam West also played Doc Holliday in several Western TV shows. Get out of town. Three, in fact. Three. Then I would tell you that Val Kilmer plays Doc Holliday in Tombstone. Then. What? Batman. Batman. And they said that the director who did Batman saw Doc Holliday Mm. or saw Tombstone. And was like, wow, this guy's really great. Then God, he must have been disappointed when uh, that played out, though. Because <laughs> that had, to, that had to be the worst Batman ever. 
But uh, he made a great freaking Doc Holiday, though. I'll give him that. So that's pretty much the gist of it. I think uh, I covered most of my notes there. Um, uh, just looking. I worked for the Santa Fe Railroad, bought land in Vegas. Um, he owned his own saloon, if that uh, makes it, gets him up there in cool points. I don't know. I think you can kind of cheat better if, uh, you know, hey. Because he really was successful at the gambling for, like, the first half of his, you know, gambling life. Right. And then after that, he just got too drunk and disoriented and not as sharp and, you know. It started to slip, and he was like really getting into debt towards the end. But but uh, uh, that's what I got. Stayed friends right up until his death. I like it. Um, he's actually buried in an unmarked grave. Um, they said in somebody's uh, backyard in Colorado. Yeah. Glenn what happens is there is a tombstone. Yeah, there is a tombstone. You can go see. Says Doc Holliday. Um, and it's like up on a mountain and supposedly what happened is he died in the winter. And so they buried him at the foot of the mountain and we're like, yeah, don't worry about it. We'll come back, dig you up, put you at the top of the mountain. And then they were like, yeah, fuck it. You know, whatever. <laughs> There's a sale at the liquor store, whatever, you know, <clears throat> whatever you got to do. So that's where I'm at on that. So what kind of news you got for this week? You said there's some excitement at the Walmart? Yeah, yeah, there's a couple of, there's a viral video going around. I'll, I'll have to post it on the uh, Facebook page uh, of a crazy old lady uh, starting shit at the Walmart. But um, right. yeah, there's some shit going on in uh, in Virginia right now, of course, down at the Capitol. And um, uh, not too, I heard it was pretty uneventful, although people were walking the streets with a uh, 50 cal assault rifles and uh, cause you know, assault rifle. Yeah, that's right. what I read in the paper. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, Hey, AK 47s and AR 15s and whatever. But, uh, as far as I know so far uneventful. All right. Uh, now if you guys got your favorite badass that you want us to, uh, to do a show on, Email us at preppingbadass at gmail.com. And cool. uh, you can uh, donate to our Patreon. Um, there is still still time, speaking of Patreon and supporting us, to uh, get in on Tack Pack this month. Um, what I'm told is the February Tack Pack is going to be spectacular. Um, actually, by the time you download this, you might miss it. I don't know. We'll see. But, you know. There's always next month. Just keep trying. That's what I can tell you. Mm-hmm. All I know is if you use code BADASS, then uh, you'll get some bonus cool shit, and it might just make it a little bit better. Um, also, if you guys want to leave a review, you're enjoying these shows, maybe leave a review on the iTunes. You have thoughts for new episodes. Kevin mentioned you know, a badass you might want covered or some kind of survival or prepping or gun or just cool topic you want us to talk about, shoot us an email and uh, we will definitely try and get back and uh, see if we can put something together for you. I have something great coming up for next week. So, uh, you know, make sure you come back and take a listen. So with that, stay safe and we'll talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.